When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast. We are here once again from St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, as the Pittsburgh Steelers top off day 14 of training camp, two days left before their second preseason game and a return to the south side for what should be a normal-ish week of practice. Things are coming down to the wire. Plenty of excitement, new signings to talk about, new noise, new headlines. But first, how you feeling, my friend? Very sad, you know. Last week of Latrobe, that's, you know, I only get one more day out there. I'm going to savor it with, you know, my entire heart. I'm going to savor every <laughs> meal that I get to eat at Latrobe from here on out. Like, I... I will be taking home six to go boxes from every from every dining hall meal I get uh, in Latrobe, but yeah, no, it's um things are coming out of the wire, you know. Like, there's a part of training camp that can get to become a lull, but like now things are kind of heating up. I feel like guys start to get a little more desperate, you know, especially those guys fighting for roster spots at the bottom. Like, yep. stuff gets real, you know. Like, it can feel like a drag at some point, but you realize everyone's fighting for a job, fighting for their livelihood, stuff like that. So. That adds a little bit of juice to it. Yeah, no doubt. You you do definitely feel the energy. I expected to come in here and it to be a little slow. Figured last week at training camp, people are just as tired as we are, ready to go home. Nope. Pressure was on. Guys returned to practice. Some veterans sat out. Still waiting on some Nick Herbig or Nate Herbig injury updates from the other day with the shoulder injury, but plenty of action. I think, uh, you know, just to dive into some notes before we dive into anything else, I guess. Joey Porter Jr. returned to the field, didn't do everything, but did most things, said that he felt good afterwards. Keanu Neal is another guy who says that he, along with DeMonte KZ, is 105%, which is a good place to be. Joey Porter comes out, came out strong, seven shots, had a nice pass deflection on George Pickens. That the day overall was a quality one for him. He's pretty excited to get back out there, talk to him afterwards, and he said that during the game, it was frustrating not to be out there, but overall, he was able to take away stuff. Having Patrick Peterson and Levi on the sidelines with him certainly helped. He gets back out there. Spencer Anderson with Nate Herbig being sidelined with the shoulder injury. Takes some center snaps. You talked to Spencer the other day. I think that's a good point to talk about here. Versatility is key for this guy. Three positions in the preseason opener, possibly adding a fourth with center this week. You look at this guy, you think stock up. Right. That's got to be the the thought right now. 
Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it wasn't just Spencer Anderson who we talked to earlier this week, but Matt Canada, who the one biggest quote I took away from our conversation with him was that Spencer Anderson's versatility is real. That's what he, that was his exact quote. The the versatility is real. It's not just, and we've talked about this before with some other guys, like it's not just trying to shoehorn him into a position, but it's, he's capable of playing all of these positions. So let's figure out which one works best for him. Um, You know, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing sometimes, but with Spencer Anderson, it's, it's real. They want to, he's capable of playing. So yeah, you're right. He played three positions in the preseason game. Uh, One of those positions that he didn't play was left guard or left tackle, I believe, or it was one of the tackle spots, which he had been repping at all during (laughs) like the weeks of practice leading up to, and then he adds center. So he's during training camp, he's played at all five positions, either in practices or in games. So he's been all over They're They're trying to find a spot for him. Um, Anderson said he felt, uh, I think real, uh, real comfortable mostly at the uh, left guard. Well, the left guard spot was either guard spot was where he felt most comfortable at left guard. He had a real successful drive at for the team, but felt most comfortable at right guard. But yeah, like you look at the Steelers uh, backup center options and they're pretty thin, you know, it's uh, it's Mason Cole, Nick Herbig, and then Kendra green. So, you know, there's, I, I think there's a role for Spencer Anderson on this team, especially for a guy who can play so many spots. Like he, it's one roster spot that can fill a couple different holes for you. So I think he's only going to keep getting challenged more and getting moved up to, to face some better competition. Um, And that's when we'll start to see what he's really got at all this, at these spots. And if it's just versatility for versatility's sake, or if there's like uh, Matt Canada said something real to his versatility. Do you think that he needs real? Do you think that he needs to be able to dominate one position or do you look at him as a guy that, well, it doesn't matter because he could just go out there and play and we need a guy. Like it kind of reminds me, John LeGlue was here a couple of years ago and he could play all five positions. And it just felt like you keep him around because worst case scenario, you have a guy who could fill all five positions. Do you see Spencer as that same thing? Or do you kind of look at it as a, he's got to nail down one, not nail down, but he has to be able to have a home. You know what I mean? And be really good in that home while also being able to do everything else. So I think in the short term, he's he's it's fine for him to kind of be a jack of all trades. Yeah. But uh, next year, that's going to change. So for, for the for the immediate future, yeah, it's fine. Like, let's put him all over. Let's see what he's got at different places. Let's let him be the swing guy. Um, that'll change like next year, I think, when I think you'll want him to settle into something more. Just the kind of the older he gets, you want to actually find a He can't play five positions at once. So. No. You got you got to actually find a home for him. But for right now, I think they're perfectly comfortable saying, "We'll plug you in where we need you. Um, if you're if you're capable of doing all this, you know, we'll we'll get, we'll find we'll wait for a spot to open up. Then we'll put you in one of those spots and we'll really start to hone things and tailor to what we need. But for right now, I think they feel real comfortable with him being that swing guy, like I said. All right, word. I like it. I think Spencer Anderson is a guy that is definitely stock up on the rise. I had him in my 53-man roster. I don't think he's leaving it as of right now. Another name that stood out in a negative sense today, DeMarvin Leal looked a little slow, got beaten one-on-ones a couple of times. Just didn't look like he finished a rep. Always was walking afterwards behind everybody just with his head down. Wasn't a great day for him. Thought he had a great preseason game overall. Before we jumped on here, I said I was a little worried that his camp was a little slow. You had different thoughts. You thought that he's impressed and had a little bit more of a motor, so maybe – 
today wasn't as bad of a day as as maybe I believe it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember very vividly, I believe it was last week, uh, they were doing team drills and they were doing, I think, you know, just kind of, I, I know at Pitt, at least they call it thud. It's not full tackle, but yeah, yeah, guys you got in pads. Yeah, and Leal was bringing guys to the ground and Pat Fryermuth and Connor Hayward had to yell <laughs> from the sideline to to keep guys, to make sure he kept guys off the ground. So, you know, I, I, I felt the same way. I thought he had a good preseason game. I had been somewhat impressed by, uh, by his camp I thought you know that's when that's why when you said that to me you know I was a little surprised and a little disappointed um because mm-hmm. I thought athleticism motor like those were things that were really going to help set DeMarvin Leal apart um maybe just a bad day but kind of not really one that I feel like he can afford to have especially just when he's competing in a super deep defensive line room yeah I, I agree and, and I don't think I think his roster spot is locked in I think his role on this team is it takes a lot to lose it, I'll say. I don't want to say locked in, but I think it would take a lot to lose it. But at the same time, Armand Watts had a really good, really good day. Brandon mm-hmm. Boko had a really – both of them went mm-hmm. – Mike Tomlin, they would just win a rep, and Mike Tomlin go, all right, do it again. And they just do the same exact thing. And then they'd be <laughs> like, all right, do it again. And they do this three in a row, both both players. I thought both of them had good days. Both of them have looked impressive continuously. I don't want to say that DeMarvin Leal is trending down. I'll just say that it was it was a rough day. But if he's overall improving, I think that that looks really good. The rest of the defensive line is so dominant that I think everybody could have an up-and-down day in this team, which is you know a testament to the Steelers to say it doesn't matter who's having an up day, who's having a down day, as long as people are having both. And we can figure it out, and we can find – we can plug and play who's who's winning the day. Speaking of someone who is not winning the day, James Pierre had an atrocious practice. Uh, at one point, Terrell Austin yells to the sidelines because after Joey Porter, or not Joey Porter, excuse me, James Pierre gets beat by Cody White on a comeback. He goes, quote unquote, trust your ability. He's not going to get past you. You have to believe that that's true because if I had to put my money on who's going to win in a race, Cody White or James Pierre, James Pierre is going to smoke him. Had a really bad day. It was just catch after catch for anybody who was on him. Most of them were Cody White. Just think that this is a guy that we're coming down to the 11th hour, and I just don't think that there's a place for him on this team. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder to say that. Um, It's real rough to follow up what I did not think, and I think you felt the same way, was not a good preseason game. Yeah, yeah, 10 tackles for a cornerback is not not as impressive a stat as it might seem. Um, Yeah. It's just this point because I thought Pierre. I, I think I came in with with pretty high expectations to training camp for him. I thought you know this he was a sort of Anthony McFarland type like profile where yeah veteran guy that this team likes and really wants to succeed, but it's got to be now or never. Um, and certainly isn't looking like now for for James Pierre. Yeah, it's looking like never. And the and the meanwhile, Luke Barku does not look good at all. Madre Harper does not look good at all even even Madre Harper had a play today where they he he batted a ball away and TA goes you should have came up with that or like go you should have caught the football and I was just like that was a good play but I I see where you're coming from like you know you're just not you're just doing enough to make a play and most times you're giving plays up so I would say at this point they're looking beyond the roster, which brings us to next talking point here. The Steelers did go out and sign plenty of new names. I think the biggest one is a running back, but we will talk about that next. I think pretty high hopes for this guy, if we're being honest. But 
In the meantime, they they signed former Minnesota Vikings corner Neville Clark and former Michigan corner, I believe, I'm losing a name here, Lavert Hill. Lavert Hill, excuse me. Who I knew when this guy signed. When I saw his name the first time, which I should have clicked this time too, but when I saw his name the first time, it, it hit me. And I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. Where do I know this name from? Did a little quick Google search, realized this is the guy. If you're a Penn State fan, if you're a Michigan fan, you'll remember this, that cornerback from Michigan flipped off the Penn State fans mid-game <laughs> or leaving the game, I believe. I don't remember. Um, yeah, game big birds, big birds. <laughs> Since then has uh, worked his way around the NFL. He's played on five teams in three seasons. Not the greatest NFL campaign. Meanwhile, the Steelers don't really have a ton to work with and signing a USFL star out of New Orleans breakers. And I guess former Minnesota Vikings has never really played a game for the Minnesota Vikings in Clark isn't a huge boost either. You just got to look at these guys and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if you have different thoughts, not the upgrade I'm looking for when it comes to James Pierre and the cornerback position as a whole. No, I think for as disappointed as you've been with James Pierre, there's some regular season. We we can call it production. Like he's yeah, he's had some he's had some experience in the regular season for an NFL team in real games, playing real snaps, and at times looked all right. Like, but the yeah. the these two Clark and and Hill, there's just it's a real dry resume there. Um, it's it's real dry. Um, and it's just. Yeah, like you said, not the kind of it's not an upgrade. It's like not an upgrade at all. Like if you're looking to replace someone, like these are this is filler, you know, for like Duke Dawson and um did they really Yeah, Isaiah Don. Like this yeah, is filler. Who nobody even realizes was here. Right. Like this is like I said, filler. This doesn't feel like competition. Um which the Steelers really need is competition. Um their top line is looks pretty set. Um, but beyond that you you have a ton of question marks so maybe you have to just wait a little bit longer i think i said in our last episode that uh you know maybe you got to wait until roster cuts actually come and maybe there's someone who's getting dumped from a deep quarterback or a cornerback room that you think could could actually be a valuable player but I, I don't know unless you unless we see something drastically different over these next few few days of training camp and in the preseason game clark and hill are are not going to be those guys no, they're not. And I don't even think they have enough time. Like, I think that's the that's the, the concerning part for me is if the, Ste- the Steelers don't have options right now. Like, I think it just these two signings showcase that there's just nobody else out there for the Steelers to go out and get. This is a waiting game. They just have to see what happens. But when you're waiting and, and these cuts do happen, how quickly can this guy come in and adjust? And, you know, are you taking a risk? to lose special teams capabilities and in, in a guy like this to fill defensive capabilities like what is the risk reward which i think is going to be a problem for them which only adds on i mean this is all solved if james pierre has productive play or luke barku comes out here and showcases he could be a guy but right now it's a it's a risk like i said like no matter what you do you are heading into the situ- into the season with a situation that you can't feel 100% with which is not good but no i don't think clark i don't think kill i don't think either of these guys are anybody that you're going to necessarily sit around and feel really good about their chances of making the team a guy on the other hand that i do feel somewhat good about as an addition to the Pittsburgh Steelers roster is former 
Arizona State running back Xavier Valade, who his resume is wild, if we're being honest. First off, shocked that the Houston Texans cut this guy as early as they did. They gave him over $100,000 signing bonus as an undrafted rookie, which is and it's impressive numbers for, for a guy who coming out of college who did not go in the NFL draft. He ran a 4.4640 at his pro day. He left college. He played on two teams, Wyoming for four years, Arizona State for one year. In his career at Wyoming in four years, 3,274 yards and 19 touchdowns. In one season at Arizona State, 1,192 yards and 16 touchdowns. Ridiculous. I have a quote here from our boy, Donnie Droon, who has plenty of experience out in Arizona covering the Sun Devils. I said, hey, what do you – what, what do you think about this guy? Do you think he's a, a quality? Do you think he's got any shot of making this team? He he hit me back. He goes, honestly, everybody around here was shocked Valade didn't get drafted. After transferring from Wyoming, he was clearly one of ASU's best players and managed to lead the entire conference with 16 rushing touchdowns while going over 1,000 yards. His burst and his vision out of the backfield is impressive, and he could be classified as a complete back that helps in both the run and the passing game thanks to his catching ability. Between the Pac-12 snubbing, him from all conference honors and the league letting him go undrafted. The Steelers may have just gotten a pissed off running back who was ready, who already didn't need an edge to his game. So you got to feel real good about Valaday coming in here. An impressive name late. Do you think there's any chance that he could outwork Anthony McFarlane for that final roster spot at this point in the offseason? You know, maybe. I mean, look, I, I love Anthony McFarlane. I'm completely on the record. I'm I'm a big believer in what he can do. Um, but this is an Anthony McFarlane podcast. Podcast. Yeah. That's I right. Would say. That's right. Um, but Anthony McFarlane would have to slide a little bit. You know, have to take some major steps back and look more like the Anthony McFarlane that we are used to seeing uh, around this time of year in order for Valaday, I think, to have a chance. Maybe that changes if Valaday shows some kind of transcendent special teams ability. You yeah, know, I, I don't know what kind of uh, you know kick returning ability this guy has, but it would take a lot. But I, I mean, look, this guy clearly can hit the home run. Like he, you know, five point three yards to carry and sixteen touchdowns in one season. Like, yeah, th- not this guy. Yeah, yeah, this guy has some big play ability. So I'm not going to count anything out. Um, he's this this train that he's jumping on, this moving train he's jumping on, is moving pretty quickly. Um, but you know, who's like this is a guy who. With that kind of resume, if anyone's capable of of carving out a spot for himself, it seems like this is the type of guy you'd look for. Yeah, I I agree. I think if you look at this guy right now, in my head, it is a long shot, but you never know. And I think it's it's two things here. You're going to have two preseason games to showcase yourself. So you're going to put yourself on tape for everybody, which I'm always a player first before team type of guy. I hope that good players land places and get opportunities. But if nobody picks this guy up, the Steelers could add this guy to the practice squad, feel real good about it. That could be a protected player as many weeks as they want him to be. You know, if they realize at some point during the season, this is a better option than whoever they have on the roster. You got to feel okay about that one. I just, and again, he hasn't done anything. Like I talked to him today and I said, Hey, what's step one? And he said, step one is learning everybody's name. You know, (laughs) like I haven't even, I haven't even figured out the whole playbook yet. I just signed my contract like an hour and a half before practice. So he's jumping on, like you said, the moving, the fastest moving train right now. Mm -hmm. He's got three days here before he gets an off day, and then he's got to play the Buffalo Bills. Then he comes back. He's got one week of practice, and 
He'll go to Atlanta to play his second game in two weeks for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a brand new team that he just got here with. And he'll have two more practice days to showcase. Okay, please do not cut me. I am better than the guy who's been around for four years, who has been very impressive during the offseason, who could do everything, who is a kick returner. I'm better than him. I just think that that's a long shot. But I don't know. I'm going to say he's a new name that's emerged. I feel better about this guy than I felt about any signing that the Steelers have made this entire summer. You know, and most Uh, times like Quan. Okay, except for Quan. Except for Quan. <laughs> Quan, does, yeah. Quan does not count. No, but I get, what, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Like, this this is a much more competition-y yes. type of signing than those two corners that they signed. Yeah, or the two corners before that, or the two yeah. running backs before that, or or anybody. This is the first time all summer that I've looked at somebody and said, oh, that's not bad. That's a pretty good signing right there. Like, yeah. I could, that one could work, you know? And I, and I don't know if it's gonna, but I think for right now, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what he does in Buffalo and what he could bring to the team and really, really the whole nine, you know, yeah. really everything and I, they bring. And I like Donnie's point about the edge. Like, this guy doesn't need any more of an edge, got cut again. I think it also adds something to the Anthony McFarland dynamic. Like, yeah. like I said, we like him. We're believers. But, you know, if, if you're the Steelers, I think you still have every right to be a little bit cautious about him and about what he can do you know, as a real third back. So giving him some competition, making him sweat just a little bit more, I don't think that's a bad thing either. Uh, making him, making sure that he earns this spot that he appears to have a grasp on right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I, I don't mind that at all. And I think it's a good move. I think overall, like I said, best move the Pittsburgh Steelers have made so far. Fellas, have you ever wished you were a little bit taller? Maybe you matched on Tinder, but her profile says must be over six foot. Maybe your date wants to wear heels, but she can't because it'll make her taller than you. Well, I got the short Kings covered with today's sponsor, Kanzuri. Kanzuri makes shoes that are up to 2.8 inches taller without anyone knowing. Look, girls get heels, makeup, and push-up bras. Why can't men get a boost in confidence too? We're all the same height lying down anyways. If you know what I mean. For a limited time only, our listeners get an extra 15% off with our code ALLSTEALERS at Kanzuri.com. The site is already 30% off, and with our code, you get an extra 15%. That's 45% off your entire order. Support our show and check them out at C-O-N-Z-U-R-I.com and use our code ALLSTEALERS. Not only... Do Kanzuri shoes make you up to 2.8 inches taller, but they're also incredibly stylish and comfortable. These are not old man Velcro shoes. You'd get compliments on your Kanzuris even if they didn't make you taller. They have styles for every occasion too. Smart, casual, sporty, you name it. The height insoles are actually built into the shoe, so no one could tell you're getting a secret height boost. The brand is also hidden on the shoes and on the packaging. It's really the ultimate height hack. Life's short, but you don't have to be. It's time to level up your playing field, boys. Maybe update that that dating profile to six feet. Kanzuri is an absolute game changer when it comes to your dating life. On top of 30% off the site, our listeners get an exclusive 15% off discount at Kanzuri.com with our code ALLSTEALERS. That's a total of 45% off your order. Use our code ALLSTEALERS at Kanzuri.com. Go to C-O-N, 
Z-U-R-I.com with our code all Steelers. When I get high, I put on a pair of Kanzuris. One more note that we forgot about that I can't believe we forgot about here at training camp. Elijah Riley comes up with another interception today, cuts off Calvin Austin, picks off Mitch Trubisky. I don't know how many interceptions he's had, but somebody from behind me yells after he picks it off. He goes, I'm pretty sure Elijah Riley leads this team in interceptions. And I go, I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you're right. Kids look impressive. He still has not taken first team reps. So that brings up a conversation. And I think an important conversation. Is there concern that the Steelers are overlooking this guy? Because in my opinion, he should be taking first team reps, at least splitting them with Chan and Sullivan. There's no reason for it to be consistently only Chan and Sullivan. Do you have the same concern or do you just think it's maybe just a formality? That's, you know, I don't even know why, like formal, like you say formality, like I don't even know why it should be a formality. Like, what are we doing? We're, I I get it. We're, we're almost to the end of training camp in Latrobe, but we've still got a while to go before the season opener. Like there is plenty of time to, I'm not worried about getting Chandon Sullivan even more integrated into this defense. Like I, I don't, I think he's been good, but I don't think he's, been head and shoulders better than Elijah Riley. If anything, Riley's had a much better camp. And, you know, even though he has maybe less of an NFL resume, he's been just as good every time we've seen him step onto the field. So, you know, concerned, maybe not just more confused as to why Elijah Riley isn't getting more of a look. He certainly, I think, deserves it. And if nothing else, Chandon Sullivan hasn't been perfect. And like I said, head and shoulders above him. So there should, that competition should still be ongoing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, ongoing, 100%. If it's not still ongoing, if the Steelers have made up their minds after one preseason game where Elijah Riley looked, in just my as opinion, good. yeah, like possibly better, just as good at bare minimum as Chandon Sullivan, then I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin are even thinking about. I think that it does a little bit concern me that they are not, that he's not getting the same reps. Like, I just think that Chandon Sullivan's name, just like you said, like, why is it a formality? And I think that that's true. Like, my thought is, why? Why would it? Why would you hold a guy back who's been your best option just because you signed another guy who has 30 games of starting experience? Who cares about that 30 games of starting experience? Go call the Green Bay Packers or the Minnesota Vikings and ask them their thoughts on Chandon Sullivan. Because I guarantee you, it's not going to be good remarks. Like, it might be like, oh, he was a great guy, blah, blah, blah. Also, there's a reason we caught him. There's right. a reason we didn't bring him back. And I just, I'm not saying that Shannon Sullivan isn't a quality guy to keep around. I think that he's looked really good as of late in camp, but I just think that Elijah Riley has looked like the best option for the Steelers. And I just don't think that's an argument. Like, I, just, I don't think I'm alone on that. I don't think I'm hyper fixating on, you know, the fact that I picked Elijah Riley to make this roster from the beginning. And sometimes I like to be right. And I just think that at this point, He's putting he's 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 showing us, hey, look at I deserve to be here. And I am. I'm getting a little I'm getting a little nervous. Do you think I'm overreacting? Is that it? Do you think that maybe 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 it's just too early and we gotta stop counting reps? No, I don't think so, because I had kind of not been counting Riley's reps. Like I just noticed good plays, but I am I, I think there is maybe a little bit of concern that he's not I don't know if not getting tested is the right word, but not like yeah. not being in there for like ones on ones, you know, like mm-hmm. best on best. Like that's that's the kind of stuff where I think you really need to to see what he can do and see like and see if he's actually has some sticking power in 
yes. in the defense and able to actually play in this defense. Like th- that's the stuff I really want to see. And that's, that's the thing I just, I, the thing that concerns me is I just don't think they're getting a complete look at who Elijah Riley is. Like, yeah, he's made a lot of plays, but I think there's, there's still probably a lot that we don't know about him. And that would yep. be my biggest concern about him not getting first team reps yet. It, it, it's less like, Oh, the Steelers have made their decision. Cause I, quite honestly, if I was a betting man at this point, Shannon Sullivan's probably going to win that job, but yeah, like I, I just don't, I, it would be a real shame if they left camp, not having given Elijah Riley every opportunity to say, Hey, I can be a first team guy. I agree. I agree. And I like you started camp with Duke Dawson taking first team reps. Mike Tomlin was clear as day saying, do not take that for anything. It means nothing. Everybody's going to get opportunities. You want who's gotten limited opportunities, Elijah Riley. And it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. And again, I think it's early and I agree with you. Like, Right now, if I had to guess, I'd say Chan Sullivan's going to make the team. And that stinks because I just – I'm not saying Chan Sullivan doesn't deserve to make the team. I'm just saying Elijah Riley also deserves to make the team and possibly deserves to make it over Chan and Sullivan. So we'll see. In my opinion, it's a bit concerning, but a, a part that we are most certainly going to monitor as we move forward. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk Live once again from St. Vincent College here in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, closing out the final week of Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. Make sure to find everything at allsteelers.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk, and find our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Also, find Pitt training camp news at insidethepanthers.com. Enjoy another Beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.